You ask, we answer. Welcome to Can This Marriage Be Saved, where we go up against common relationship problems and help you determine if this relationship should stay or go. Hi, everybody. We're here for another podcast episode of Can This Marriage Be Saved? Thanks for joining us. There's a topic I've been wanting to share with you and talk more about, pick, provoke, and project. And I remember us talking about this. And Shlomo, I just want you to share with our listeners what pick, provoke, project project is. And we can go through some examples of each. To my understanding, pick is you pick somebody who is going to end up hurting you the most, right? Yes. So Basically, we're going. Marriage is an unfinished business of childhood. So, no matter what, you're going to recreate the, that same scenario with your partner. Uh, and the question is, how will you recreate it? So, we either pick, project, or provoke. So, in general, when in romantic relationships, when we pick our spouse, um, if we date our spouse, fall in love with our spouse, so we are picking that person. Now we are. Usually we have things, the positive things that remind us about our primary caretakers and sometimes the negative things. Of course, we're not recognizing those negative things during the romantic stage because we would probably not get married if we did. I mean, who wants to recreate the pain of childhood? But on a subconscious level, we are looking to recreate that in order to get it right this time. So we pick somebody who's going to remind us of that. And that's why we pick one person over another because unconsciously they remind us of, of that primary caretaker. Um, the other option is we project. Oh, well, before yeah, you go there, remember. I'm just thinking of an example. So would you say picking, like, for instance, I know recently um, we were sending off a kid to summer camp for the first time to sleepaway camp, and I've been very preoccupied with sending her off, you know, having the full packing list and everything. And so I tend to pull away, or not pull away, but just I, I kind of, focus on one thing at a time and I have a really hard time separating my intense concentration like at least when it comes to caretaking so if I'm really focused on my daughter I find it a little bit harder to focus on you or all the other kids so and I know that this is a deep thing for you isn't it because it feels like I'm not there feel ignored or rejected you feel ignored I and I know this and for some reason I have a hard time stopping it because it's just I, you know, want to focus on sending her off properly and be a good mom. And and so I was thinking about this recently because of my focus. But how would you say the pick example, I guess, how would that example of the sleepaway uh, camp relate to me picking somebody that wants to connect with me even when I'm not able to? Do you think that that example applies to picking or would it be projecting or provoking, which we can explain next? I mean, I'm trying to. That's that sounds a little bit complicated here. We have to break this one apart. But I mean, I mean, I could say like f- from my perspective, let's say, if I have some issue with, um, you know, not feeling heard or like needing somebody's attention, um, then that is an example of, you know, I may have unconsciously picked you, because to get to try to get that attention. Mm-hmm. And if we fight about it, then it creates a lot of problems. And it's if the we, hardest we, thing for me to right, provide. If we get conscious about it, right, and we realize that 
it's a gro it's it's an unmet need for me so it would heal and i haven't really explored this so i'm not really sure exactly what it's conjuring up for me but let's just say it's it's healing an unmet childhood need for me of getting that attention that undivided attention let's say and it's my need is also it's helping you grow if once you understand if you would understand that instead of me feeling me that i'm like you know nagging you um or needy if you were able to step into that place to to real to show up and be present with me even though your tendency is to pull away that would be a growth growth opportunity for you hmm. and there's probably some reason why you also why you do that but I mean, I know obviously we're not, with the, the podcast, <laughs> we can't, yeah. But the picking, it's interesting because there could be so many layers to, you know, this is just a new thing we realized with the sleepaway camp. It's just a new thing that came up, but it's an issue that we didn't know about previously. So I'm just saying, like, sometimes you think you know why you picked your spouse, but you don't really know all the reasons why, because there could be new reasons that come up all the time. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, n- normally there's pretty there's some core core issues. I, I can't say there's like a thousand, you know, hundred different reasons, but there's usually some core themes that you're gonna have um, and core wounds that you had growing up that you're gonna be looking to duplicate, replicate in that marriage. Okay, well that takes us to project. project. You want to explain? Right. So sometimes, let's say you really don't like. Let's say I'm looking for someone who's gonna give me attention, and it's hard for you to give me attention. So it could be that that's just you have a hard time giving attention and being present. But it could also be that maybe you don't have a hard time being present, but I'm projecting. I'm recreating that story. So even if that's not what you're doing, I recreate a story that tells me that you're not available for me, even if you technically are. And would that show itself by you saying you don't you don't pay attention to me? And kind of saying that a lot in different ways. Right, you don't pay attention. You're not listening to me. So then I kind of just think, well, hey, he doesn't think I'm listening to him, so I'm well, not listening to him. Well, that's provoking. Oh. And get the, so, so I'm sorry. So no, it's, the projecting is just that I tell myself the story that you're not really listening to me and you don't really care about me. But the truth is maybe you do, but I, I have to recreate the story in my in my head. So either you're really, really doing it and I pick somebody who's going to do that or I'm projecting, I'm making up this story that you're doing it, or as you just said, alluded to provoke, that I complain about it so much that you decide like, yeah, I am not, I'm, I'm not going to be available for you because, and that's provoke. So, we're 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 going to recreate those circumstances. And no why what. do we recreate those circumstances? Because marriage is the unfinished business of childhood. We marriage is the opportunity to get it right, and this is why people who say. People who have arranged marriages, you can still marry your, as we say, your imago. You can still marry that destined partner who's going to help you repair childhood because that person is going, you're going to recreate it. So, and is that something that happens automatically? Like our brain does it? What We just have this sense? Is that what imago teaches? We just have this, we're born with this innate need to recreate? The point of mature adult relationships is to achieve growth and healing. So a marriage is an opportunity to become complete. So we can't come complete. We cannot become complete unless we deal with our stuff. And I mean, I think if you look at your conflict in every relationship, I think that you'll start learning that 
it's not a coincidence. There are issues that you have with people that you need that are specifically the issues you need to deal with your own personal personal um, growth areas. So becoming more conscious about that in any relationship, you know, with your children, with your anyone, but um, especially because the closest relationship you have is with your spouse, um, and that's the deepest connected relationship. Uh, that relationship is going to be more glaring. Hmm. Instead of being mad at the situation or pointing fingers, it's you know taking ownership for whatever you're doing to recreate this situation because you know, as we, you know history does repeat itself and um, we are take part in that. Can you give an example of how somebody would know that they're recreating their childhood in a bad way? I mean, like if you just think of any you know cases where there's I mean, they, I guess a simple example is, you know, if you come from a home where there's divorce, where your parents were divorced, uh, and you saw, like, one of your parents leave. So, you know, it could be that you're doing the same by, you know, if you're trying to leave your marriage and you're doing the same thing and, you know, recreating the same s- scenario and the same way of dealing with conflict that you saw in your home. Mm. Um, I remember distinctly one fight we had when we were early before we found an imago therapist and i remember as a kid sitting in the back seat of my parents car very young age and i remember us being at least a half an hour away from home and i remember my parents fighting and my mother got out of the car and walked i i do not and i was very little and i remember thinking how is she going to get home like i was so afraid because we were not close to home and I think before we found an Imago therapist, there was one fight we had, and I just needed to get in my car. Like, I just needed either, I can't remember if I got out of the car or I just needed to get in the car and drive away. And I did. But it was because I, I literally did not have any other tools for how to express myself. It was like I just had to do that. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to remind you. Yeah. <laughs> But is some, that what you're? Of, is yeah, that an example? I mean that's part of. Yeah, I mean that's like, you know, when you're recreating it, and you know, unless you get conscious about it, you, you are going to repeat what you saw, and you are going to, hmm. and you are going to repeat the the wounds that you had. You know. Hmm. So marriage really is the unfinished business of childhood. And yeah, and it's you know it makes me so sad when I, when I sit with couples, no matter how old they are, and you know. It's all, it's all childhood. It's all, you know, it always goes back to the painful memories of growing up. Um, even if our parents were good, you know, we do the best we can with the tools that we have. Uh, but there are always things that we didn't get. And it just, it just, for those of you who are parents out there, it just stresses how important it is to really do your best to parent your children so that you don't perpetuate this legacy. Because it really, you know, it really destroys it destroys people and it's the ramifications are just are so far reaching I mean it it goes to the next generation and you know it makes their lives so much more difficult so Mm. and that's why we're doing that's why we're doing what we're doing because you know we want we want to stop stop this legacy of of unhealthy relationships and, and and help help couples see that there's a better way Well, thank you for staying with us and thank you for listening to this 
latest issue of Can This Marriage Be Saved with Rivka and Shlomo Slatkin. Stay tuned for the next episode so you can learn how to have a wonderful, happy, and healthy marriage. Take good care. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed listening to today's topic. We'll be back again to focus on another topic that is sure to help you with your marriage. For any questions or concerns, please email us at info at themarriagerestorationproject.com with best wishes for your relationship success.